Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hochberg, and this is episode number 410. It's happening. I'm going on a cruise again, and this week's episode is previewing my cruise on Royal Caribbean's Adventure of the Seas. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I have never been more excited for a cruise because finally, after well more than a year, I'm getting back on board a cruise. That's right. This weekend, I'll be boarding Royal Caribbean's Adventure of the Seas as Royal Caribbean begins cruises again, this time from the Bahamas going uh, to various parts in the Caribbean. We'll talk about that. Uh, to say that I'm excited would be an understatement. To say that my family is excited would be an understatement. We are thrilled to be going on a cruise again. This is basically a kind of homecoming, not only for me, but also obviously for the cruise line, which has been unable to offer cruises in North America. And this will be the first sailing back. This will be the first of hopefully many cruise ships to return to service this summer somewhere in North America, whether it's the United States or not. More on that later, I'm sure. But uh, today we're focused on adventure of the seas. And uh, as is typically the case, although maybe if you started listening to this podcast since March 2020, I haven't done this in a while. And that is previewing what I've got on my cruise. And then obviously when we get home, I'll contrast that with uh, a cruise review. So uh, yeah, sit down, relax. We, we got a big one for you this week because it is so exciting. I, it, it's almost, honestly, there's a sense of disbelief. And I think this is going to be a recurring trend within this cruise is that this idea that it's it's surreal to the point where you're not really sure that it's actually going to happen. Like I've had many times during the shutdown where I've had dreams of being on a cruise ship and then I wake up and realize it was just a dream, not actually on a ship. And you get that kind of disappointment. This happens with a lot of things in life. But now I actually have the opportunity to go on a cruise and, it, and it's crazy. Now, if you remember correctly, Royal Caribbean announced these cruises on Adventure of the Seas back in March. We were actually on spring break and we were in South Carolina and I was listening to the, the announcement and reading it and, and I didn't even have a chance to like tell my wife, hey, do you want to book this cruise? I just YOLO booked it. I immediately, as I'm writing the blog post up with the breaking news, texting my travel agent, book this cruise. Actually, we couldn't actually book it till later on, but that's besides the point. It doesn't make for a good story. Uh, the, the bottom line is we had an opportunity to go on the on the ship and I wanted to be there. Not only because, you know, I have this obligation as running RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com to, you know, monitor what's happening in the cruise industry and report on it, you know, in, in the same way that, you know, a reporter would be on the, on the scene for, for a news story. You know, I admit I wanted to be there. I was so ready, desperate even for a cruise. And the fact that it was going out of Nassau was honestly uh, a, a, one of the better case scenarios because, you know, back in March, remember, you know, cruising out of the U S my goodness, that was a, that was a pipe dream, right? Now we know a lot more about that later, but this is still the first opportunity to get back on board a ship. And for me living in Florida to get to Nassau is a hop, skip and a jump. I mean, the plane is maybe an hour long uh, in duration. So it's, it's very easy to get there. And I just wanted to go there. So not only am I going on a cruise, we're actually doing a back-to-back -back cruise. That is right. Two weeks, two seven-night itineraries on Adventure of the Seas. I, I got to make up for lost time. I, I warned everybody that, you know, man, I'm mad at booking more cruises. I'm like, eh, I'm kind of waiting for things to restart. And as things restart, I will definitely be booking more cruises. And here you go. Here's the case in point with Adventure of the Seas. So 
Uh, for this cruise, we'll be flying in the day early. Uh, of course, as you guys know, I'm always a big proponent of coming in at least a day early for your cruise. It just allows you to protect against travel delays, start your vacation a bit earlier, blah, blah, blah. Now, uh, in this case, the nice thing was this cruise, thank you to Royal Caribbean, for arranging this cruise to begin while my kids are already off of school. So there wasn't the usual, like, can we take off that much time? My kids are out of school. And, uh, you know, obviously working on the blog, I, I have the liberty of being able to have a little more time to do these kinds of things. So we, we, that's not an issue here. So I said, let's just book two cruises. Uh, we're coming in the day ahead of time uh, on that Friday. And we're actually going to stay in a hotel that I've never stayed in before. I haven't stayed in really any hotels in the, in the Bahamas. So I guess that's, that's a fair point. But, uh, <laughs> but I was looking at a lot. There's a lot of different choices. And I actually was reading an article from the New York Times. They do these wonderful, like, uh, 48 hours or 72 hours in a given city article where it's kind of like this is all before COVID, right? But they would write these articles about like what to do, what's the best thing to do in a city. And they had one on NASA and they recommended highly the Sandy Port Beach Resort. And basically, this is a villa type, type suite, which allow, which is basically right on the beach. And the, the resort is situated on a inlet that allows you to be right on the water. So basically, you walk out of your suite, if I'm looking at the marketing photos correctly, you walk right out of your suite. And right onto the beach, like you just open the door and bam, you're there, which looks really cool. It's great for the kids. That way, you know, if I want to sit inside in the air conditioning, maybe do some work on the blog, I can do that while the kids are within, you know, eyesight of being there on the water. Easy in, easy out. It's not like a, uh, we want to go to the, we want to go to the beach, mommy, daddy, all right, let's get all our stuff together and, you know, go over there. Like this seems like a great option for us. The, re the resort is well reviewed. I was looking for a suite anyway. So this ended up being a really great choice. And I'm hopeful, I should say that it's going to be a really great choice, uh, but we're very excited for that one. Getting to the Bahamas is actually not that difficult. I booked a flight on JetBlue. Uh, I, I do love flying on JetBlue. I actually booked it before the sailings were announced. I knew what the first date was going to be, and I knew there were going to be seven nights sailing. So I basically anticipated the, the, the itinerary and the dates and booked the flights as a way to kind of get ahead of what I perceived to be high demand for these flights. What ended up happening, actually, is probably did myself a disservice in the process because Royal Caribbean has since made it even cheaper to book flights through them through Air to Sea program. That's a lesson learned that I talked about in last week's episode, but something to think about. Anyway, I booked the flight. We'll, we're leaving here in Orlando. It's like 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. flight. We should be in Nassau on the ground, God willing, right around 10.30 in the morning. So I should be at the resort, you know, hopefully sand in between my, my toes by 11 and that and that's and hopefully a beer also <laughs> with that so should be pretty exciting uh the travel one of the travel changes that's different here is not only are we flying but the bahamas has something called a health visa and it actually sounded a lot worse than it really is um the way it is now it's different than it was when it f we first announced these cruises but that's not the point now if you're fully vaccinated you do not need to have a test before the cruise. The Bahamas waive that requirement. And on top of that, kids 11 and under do not need to get a test as well. So really, all this was was filling out some paperwork, paying a $40 fee for my wife and myself, so 80 bucks total uh, for the visa. Kids were free, I guess, because I didn't get charged for them. And that's it. That, that's all I have to do. That was really easy. Obviously, if I had older children, teenagers... We would have had to gotten a PCR test for them. And originally, we, it looked like I was going to have to get a PCR test as well along with my wife, but it, it ends up not being the case. So we got lucky in that regard uh, because that would have been, it's not impossible, 
it's just an extra hurdle to do so because you have to not only get the test done within a certain time frame close to your sailing, but you need to uh, get the results back and submitted to the Bahamas before you actually depart. So a little bit of a game there, but it ended up not being an issue for us. So really simple going forward. On this particular sailing, I ended up booking a suite for us. I know many of times I've often told you guys all about how I hate sleeping in the same room as my kids and I prefer to get two rooms. But for this cruise, I think it made more sense to get a suite for two reasons. Number one, it's just a little simpler to do so. I also wasn't sure about getting connecting rooms because there's limited capacity on the ship. They're not every single room is not available to book per se. Royal Caribbean is keeping the capacity artificially low to in, to in, enforce and to promote social distancing. So for those reasons, that that was one reason. That probably in retrospect wasn't a big deal. But also, I thought you know, listen, if all things go worse, so who knows what could happen? I'd rather be in a suite. You know, if, if that came, I don't think it'll ever come to that, but you know, just something to think about. Um, I just ended up booking a suite for that. And also, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys, this is a splurge. This is a reward. This is the result of, again, over a year without cruises. I'm not doing this cheaply. I wanted to kind of indulge a little bit. Splurge, this is not just a family vacation. This is, for me, an opportunity to kind of bring all of this together full circle and, for me, enjoying it just to, to that extent. So we've actually got a, a grand suite for us and the kids. Uh, there's a room for them. There's a room for us. It's actually very similar, I think, to the room we had on Freedom of the Seas that we took in the end of 2019 for New Year's Eve. So should be very nice. I'm excited for it. Um, it's 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 always nice to be staying in a suite. You know, the things I always tell people is when you're booking a suite, it is rarely ever a value proposition. It is rarely ever, oh, if you book a suite, you will get X, Y, and Z, thus making it worthwhile. Suites are like first-class airplane tickets. They don't get you there any faster. You just get to enjoy the experience a little bit more. It's a little more indulgent. It's a little more in enjoyable uh, in the sense that you get more space, but also it's just the little things that make it a little nicer. And for me, I decided, you know what? We're going to do it for this cruise because why not? So that's the direction we went on uh, for this one. Now, in terms of the cruise itself, uh, obviously there are going to be changes on board the ship. And on Friday, Royal Caribbean announced the protocols for onboard the ship. When I booked this cruise, I thought for sure, I would have bet all of you money that I'd be wearing a mask on board the ship, that we'd be restricted to Royal Caribbean shore excursions. There would be tons of testing required and a variety of other protocols that, you know, I just assumed were going to be part of. It. I think everybody booking the cruise back in March thought that. Well, as it turns out, not really. Uh, since we are fully vaccinated as adults, we will not have to wear a mask anywhere on the ship unless there's some special circumstances that, that require it. Um, that we can do any shore excursion we want, uh, and, and and there is a little bit of testing required, but not nearly the level that I thought there was going to be, again, when I booked their cruise. Very welcome stuff. Even for my kids who are unvaccinated, they will need to do certain things, like wear a mask in certain situations around the ship. It's not ridiculous rules. They can take off their mask when they're seated, if they're actively eating or drinking. Uh, and obviously, in our room, they don't have to wear a mask. So I, and I, outside, they don't need to wear a mask. So the, this is very welcome stuff, especially also at uh, Perfect Echo Key. You don't have to wear a mask. So I would say all in all, I think the protocols are very generous, very reasonable, certainly, and reflective of where things are right now. Because I, I, I think that a lot of what we're seeing right now is a huge adjustment in both what the science says, what the CDC says, and what the cruise lines are saying, right? And yes, this cruise is selling out of the U.S., so it doesn't have any jurisdiction by the CDC. But let's face it. Royal Caribbean is clearly working with the CDC. These protocols are not a free-for-all. They are not, we can do whatever we want because we're not in the U.S. I think Royal Caribbean recognizes that 
just because you're doing something outside the jurisdiction of the CDC doesn't mean you're still not subject to the CDC's rules. So again, while it's not that free-for-all I just talked about, it's still very much, I think, reasonable. And, I, and I'm totally fine with these. There's not really anything in here that truly makes me go, ooh, I'm not sure about that. So very good news there. This is actually my first time on Adventure of the Seas. I have not been on this ship. I've been obviously on other Voyager-class ships, but I've never been on Voyager of the Seas or Adventure of the Seas. So this is something new to try. And there are a couple things that make Adventure a little bit different. She didn't get fully amplified in the sense of a royal amplification. She was actually supposed to get that during 2020. That didn't happen. But she didn't get upgrades over the last couple of years. She actually got a split upgrade because of Hurricane Matthew. What that basically means is she got some features, but... They were, they were put over two different dry docks. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She has water slides. She has Izumi on the Royal Promenade, which is the only Royal Caribbean ship with an Izumi on the Royal Promenade. A couple other features, but she doesn't have the full amplification like, say, Navigator of the Seas or Mariner of the Seas. So there's no Playmaker Sports Bar or Bamboo Lounge or a Sky Pad or something like that. So we'll never know if that was ever in the cards for this ship, but it's still a great ship. Voyager class. I love these ships. Uh, I think they're great for families, and I have no qualms about getting on board this ship. And of course, I also have a sense of uh, satisfaction in getting on a ship I've never been on before and, you know, taking that notch uh, on my belt and, and moving forward. So excited for that. In terms of what we're doing on this cruise, the itinerary is actually wonderful. I mean, you know, I was writing the live blog for this cruise over at royalcarmyblog.com, which you'll be able to read as well. And, you know, I was saying, listen, uh, back in March, if they said we're going to have a cruise that's going to sit at the dock in the Bahamas and never go an inch, I would have signed up for that cruise happily. So the fact we're going anywhere is amazing. But on top of that, the itinerary is really incredible. Our first two stops are at Perfect Day at Coco Key. That's right. We're doing two days in a row at Perfect Day. Like, that's amazing. This is something that really never happened before COVID. I mean, they did a couple of these like double dips where it would go there twice, not in, not in a row, but they would visit twice, but they were very rare. So instead, we're getting two days in a row. It doesn't look like we're going to stay overnight, even though we are there two days in a row. It looks like, and again, this could change, but it looks like we're going to go there for the day, leave, go out to sea so they can open up like the casino and stuff, and then come back in the morning again for, for stop number two. Or maybe not. I have really no idea. It just doesn't look like, as an example, we're not doing like an overnight. Like we're going to be able to like get off the ship and be there at 10 o'clock at night. That would be amazing. That would be something I would love to do at some point, but not this time. That's fine. So, uh, and remember, we're doing a back-to-back. -back, so I will have four days at Perfect Day Coco Key within two weeks. So we've got a lot of opportunity to do things. The kids were, are dying to get back to the water park. So we have a Thrill Water Park cabana booked. We also have a floating cabana booked as well on one of the other sailings to do there. We've got some friends joining us on the second sailing, so we're going to take full advantage of that. That was something that I had originally planned to do back in March of 2020 on a Harmony of the Seas cruise that was canceled. So we get to first time for my kids and, and wife to get into the Cocoa Beach Club. I had been there, obviously, but not stayed in the floating cabanas. I had toured them. They looked amazing. I can't wait for that. And then our other port stops, we're going to Cozumel. And the fact that we can go on our own, my goodness, thank you, whoever made that decision. Because while it looked like we may be restricted to Royal Caribbean excursions there for a while, the tours Royal had were very, very limited. In Cozumel, there were like 11 options, and uh, our next port, Freeport, that we're going to, was like five or six. I mean, it was really slim picking. So, so glad that they're 
letting us go somewhere else. On one of the stops in Cozumel, I think we're going to go to Paradise Beach. We love Paradise Beach. It's such a great option for families. I'll talk more about it, uh, you know, when, when obviously on, on the review there. And on top of that, I have a full review of, of the Paradise Beach Resort, um, if you can find at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. But it's basically a pay-as-you-go resort. It's not all-inclusive. But for families, I love it. Number one, uh, if you've ever gone to an all-inclusive with your kids, unless your kids are maybe are teens, maybe something changes then, they never eat or drink enough to make it worthwhile. I mean, maybe my oldest would probably drink enough soda to make herself sick and maybe break even. But they never do because they don't drink alcohol. The way to break even on any all-inclusive, you got to start drinking alcohol and you got to start eating some big dishes. And my kids eat quesadillas and, and have a Coke and they think that they're big pimping it like in a Jay-Z song. <laughs> so it's not quite exactly, you know, a, a money pro- saving proposition to remember it's an all-inclusive. On top of that, when you go to a pay-as-you-go, if you decide after like, you know, a couple hours, you know, you've had enough. Maybe you want to go back to the ship for whatever reason. Maybe the weather isn't cooperating. Maybe, you know, you just want to get back to the ship and, and go to the shower or you've got a spa appointment. You know, you're not committed there for the day. And for families or anybody who just wants to be a little more flexibility, if you're paying as you go, that's it. You don't have to worry like, oh, gosh, I paid this amount of money. We got to break even on the drink package or, or the, you know, what's included here. It's a nice thing to do. So for one of the days, we're probably going to go to Paradise Beach. For the other day, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do yet. I've been doing some research into some options available to us that we could do because there are a lot of things to do in Cosmo. Part of the issue is, like all places, uh, many things are still shut down from COVID. I mean, listen, if you're in a place like Cozumel, which relies heavily on tourism and even more heavily on cruise ship tourism, a year plus without cruise ships, you ain't operating. Okay, you you shut the door, lock the lock the gate, and you know maybe they show back up again someday. So it's kind of hard to figure out what is still operational and what isn't. Um, you know, we thought about maybe going back to one of the other all inclusives. Now that I just told you all about why we don't do all inclusives, we might do an all inclusive anyway. But you know, I've been there, done that kind of thing. I'm trying to, I'm not sure what I want. There's like, it's, there's so many choices that it becomes almost overwhelming, but I'm going to make a decision this week to figure out exactly what we're going to do there when we, for, for our other stop in, in Cosmo. In Freeport, this is a brand new port that I've never been to unless you count the time that I got off the ship in the dock when the cruise ship was delivering all sorts of uh, relief supplies after Hurricane Dorian, but I literally did not exit the pier area. I only went about 20 feet off the ship and that was the extent of my visit to Freeport. So really first time here. I did book for one of the stays. The first time we're going there, we booked actually a hotel room at the Grand Lucayan Resort. Why did I do that? Well, uh, this is actually the resort that Royal Caribbean is very likely purchasing in order to build a brand new port facility there. This is the Grand Lucayan is a resort that's existed in Freeport for a, for a while and Royal Caribbean announced plans for this before the shutdown and then hasn't said anything publicly since then. But in the local news, there's been plenty of uh, updates that Royal is working on purchasing the Grand Lucayan Resort and surrounding area to build a new mega resorts type thing. Uh, they, they, Royal Caribbean has been very quiet on details ever since they announced this back in early 2020. So we don't have any details really about it, but I, I'm hoping to go there to be able to scout it out, uh, see what it's like now, and then obviously compare it later on, maybe get some who knows? Maybe you'll, you'll hear from some random person working there who will spill the beans. I doubt it. I don't think they have any beans to spill, but, you know, just kind of check it out. And at the end of the day, uh, they used to offer resort day passes. They don't do any more because of COVID, but the cost, uh, I was able to see the cost before COVID. Uh, they still have some of the day pass prices up out there. Anyway, comparing the price of the of the day pass versus getting a hotel room for four people, my wife and two kids, it's really not that much more to do that. We actually did that in Aruba 
on a cruise in 2019 where the cost of getting a hotel room, even though you're not staying there for the night, is negligibly more than a a day pass. And on top of that, if the room becomes ready earlier than you expect, well, then you have a place to go to to shower before you get back onto the ship, which is always, always really nice to do. So, you know, or take a nap that either way, I'm happy with either one, but we've got that. I'll have, obviously I'm looking forward to checking that out because I've never been to Freeport. And then I think for the second day, uh, I have no idea what we're doing there on Freeport the second time around. I'm hoping that something will strike my fancy. Maybe we'll be going to the Grand Lucayne and somebody will point something out or I'll see something along the way. But you know what? We're doing that next week. And there you go. So um, it's exciting. There is a ton that I, I can't wait for. I mean, every little thing is going to be a big deal for me on this. This is, you know, after a year plus of not being on a cruise for someone who used to go on a cruise, you know, eight or 10 times a year, my goodness, you know, th that's huge. It's such a radical shift. So I, I'm so ready to get back on board. No, I've not packed anything yet. I will pack. I always pack the night before. That's, that's my style. I know some people probably like fell out of their chair. As I said that just, just the way I roll. Also, I don't pack for my kids. That's my, my wife does that. So <laughs> yeah, she has it a little different than I do, but nonetheless, uh, we're, we're all really excited for this. I, it, it's still, it doesn't feel real. It's almost like, I don't know what, what I'm expecting, but I'm so ready for it. Yes, I'll be live blogging this at royalcreamblog.com. Yes, I'll be live streaming it on our Facebook and YouTube channels. Uh, I go live there whenever possible. I, I have a regular live schedule on those channels to begin with. But when we're on the ship, I'm going to try to share as much of this as I can with all of you because I think so many other people not only are just interested in seeing what it's, you know, what, hey, look, it's a cruise ship, but like, what is it like? What is it? How is it working out? Those kinds of things. So I want to share as much as I can. So there'll be a lot of live sessions there. And of course, as I mentioned, we'll be doing a um, a, a review of this um, on the podcast. My plan is to also do a review of the cruise for, obviously, I owe you guys a podcast episode or two, I think now, uh, when, <laughs> when we're actually on board the ship. So we might do some updates along the way as podcast episodes. So I hope to be able to share that with you as well. So we'll have a lot of Adventure of the Seas coverage coming to you over the next 14 plus days. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and I, I just, I'm so excited. I think the pointer sister said it best. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. And, uh, I don't know what to do, but I think I like it. <laughs> All right. Time to answer your listener emails. These are the emails that you've sent me to uh, answer right here. And you can send me your questions if you have one at matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email is from Emily Fagan, who writes, thanks for all you do in putting in the extra effort in putting out updates on the CDC's ever-changing environment. You have kept up my hopes and dreams to cruise again. My question is about the Thrill Water Park Cabanas. It says that's only for six individuals. We have eight people, six adults, two kids traveling together. Will it be a problem to buy two extra Thrill Park passes when all of us use the cabana? I doubt that all of us will be using the cabana at once, but be more of a come-and-go situation. What kind of passes could we buy to optimize the savings? Are there kids' passes or half-day passes available? Thanks for your help you can provide. And shameless plug, I encourage anyone that uses all your great information to become a Royal Caribbean Blog Insider. It is a great way to give back to all your hard work. Emily, thank you for the email. Thank you for being a Royal Green Blog Insider. I appreciate you. So thank you for your support there. Uh, in terms of the cabana, I mean, there's the official answer and there's the real answer. Officially, they would say it's only for you know the six people or whatever. Um, in reality, I think your situation is fine. 
um, eight people, but you're not all sitting there. As long as you're not causing a ruckus, and like you say, it's a coming and going scenario, I really don't think anyone's going to say anything to you about it. I've seen, over the years, I have seen Cabana use really, you know, especially in Labadee, you know, more than the capacity, certainly. Part of that is, number one, they don't want to be a party. Like, you can't have 20 people there. And even when you get up to 10 or 12, I mean, you know, it really becomes more of an issue because you have overflow. People standing around, you're taking up other spots and blah, 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 noise. You get all that. I'm not getting that vibe from you, Emily. I don't think that'll be a problem. I think in reality, what you would do is obviously the cabana would include admission for up to six people. And then the other two that you would have to obviously purchase on your own. No, there's no other way to make it cheaper. There are no kid passes. There are no half day passes. They used to have half day passes. They got rid of that, but it's, I think still a much better deal for you to do that. Anyway, so just buy the two park passes for two people, whoever they are. And then, yeah, just show up there and you should be good to go. Uh, that would be my recommendation there. Again, it's one of those don't ask, don't tell you. I wouldn't necessarily talk about it. I mean, you might want to tip your cabana in a little bit more. Be like, hey, I appreciate you helping us out here and being very accommodating. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, don't don't be overt about it. I think you'll be okay. So thanks, Emily, for the email. Next email is coming to us from Mr. Chip Gaines. He writes, good morning, Matt. I've been unable to listen to your, your live broadcast for the last several months. However, I do listen in the next day at work. On Tuesday's broadcast, we were talking about Alaska Cruise on Serenade next year. We have a back-to-back -back schedule for this past May that did not go. I was looking for the itineraries, and there's one Alaska Glacier Cruise and two multi-glacier Alaskan cruises. The wife and I like the Serenade since we've done two Southern Caribbean cruises on her, and she's a great ship for Alaska. We wanted to do a back-to-back -back next June, but not sure if we should go to the multi-glacier cruises since they are back-to-back What's your opinion on these itineraries? The reason for the back-to-back -back is that I do not like flying, and this way I have two weeks in, in between flights and we'll have to see more of Alaska. Thanks for keeping us up with the latest Royal Caribbean news. Chip, I think the back-to-back is a great idea because if you have the time, doing two open-jaw sailings be, instead of like doing one, because an open-jaw sailing serenade is when you depart from Vancouver, end your cruise in Alaska, or the reverse of that. You start in Alaska and, do, and end in Vancouver. So you're flying one of the legs to or from Alaska, which is kind of weird. And usually you don't get a, a direct flight there. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you on that one, man. I think it's a great idea. And I, the nice thing is the, the reason why you want to do these cruises, why the multi-glacier and all this is a great idea is because when you go on an Alaska cruise on a ship like a Radiance class ship like Serenade, you get to go to a much more intimate experience in Alaska. You see a lot more than you would on an Ovation or Quantum of the Seas that goes there. And it's phenomenal, dude. I actually have also cruises booked to Alaska for next year on Serenade this He's doing exactly what you're doing, a back-to-back, because -back, I want to see more of it. I want to see as much of Alaska as I possibly can. So I think you're doing the exact right thing. And uh, yeah, for, for me, I think you, you picked a, a great option. So thank you for the email there. Our next email is from Jim Bonaventura, who writes, Hey, Matt, you always say that while on a cruise, if you don't see something, it never hurts to ask. I wanted to relate a story that perfectly illustrates this concept. My wife and I were on Rhapsody of the Seas on a back-to-back -back in early 2020. During the first cruise, we were at Giovanni's dinner. It was fine, and the host came to the table to see how we enjoyed our dinner. We told them that it was fine, but we really missed the veal uh, salt and baca. I hope I understand that right. Entree that used to be offered in the old Portofinos. He asked to wait a few minutes and came back with the chef who informed us that they have a library of every recipe ever featured on a menu in the fleet. He would welcome the chance to create it for us. We were very surprised. Of course, we made a reservation for the second week. When we returned, our entrees were served by the chef and the kitchen staff. They told us that they love to make these old recipes. By the way, Saltan Boca served over mushroom risotto was excellent, so it never hurts to ask you with the good work. Jim, what a great example. And 
you know, you weren't there and like, you know, with your arms crossed, be like, you know what? This place stinks. It was much better back in Portofino's and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, you were, you were honest and you were like, hey, this is a great meal. We're having a great time. But you know what? Truthfully, just between us, you know, I, I miss this thing. And boy, listen, they might have said, you know, sir, thanks for the feedback. You know, I, I love that one too. Or sounds like a great dish. But, you know, they, they want to make your cruise amazing. They want you to have an amazing experience. And in this case, they were able to make that happen, which is fantastic. So, yeah, never hurts to ask or at least just speak up or, you know, be not be mean or like, you know, nitpick, but to simply, you know, ask. They might say, we can't do that. I'm sorry. Or, hey, we have this Rolodex of old recipes. Good news. We can do that. Next email is from Jack Pyle from Seattle. Hi, Matt. Do you think Royal Caribbean would have Odyssey take over Allure's schedule for the first several months so they get Odyssey up and running? This would put Allure on hold for a while and not have to rush her back into service for a big promo for Odyssey's debut with a full ship. Jack, thanks for the email. And obviously, Jack sent me this email before last week because last week we we got the answer to your email, Jack, and that is no, they're not because they're going to send both ships back into service uh, this summer. So, yeah, if you didn't hear about it, Jack, uh, Royal Caribbean has announced summer restart plans. Odyssey will restart cruises in... July, July 3rd, and Allure will start cruises a little later in the summer, but they're both going, and the answer is uh, nope. In fact, it's pretty rare. I mean, I'm not even talking COVID for a second. Let's take that out of the equation. It's pretty rare for Royal to swap out ship A for ship B. It, it does certainly happen, but not as much as you might think. Um, so there you go. There, I love when I can... In this case, it helped me out because I don't know what I would have told you uh, if, before this announcement, but I'm glad I got to this email this week so I can sound very smart. Like, oh, yeah, of course. Wish granted. You're all set there. <laughs> uh, and our last email comes to us from Nick Lorenz. Who writes, Hi, Matt. I'm trying to decide which ship to sail on. My wife has sailed on Adventure of the Seas back in 2006 and 2016 in the Caribbean. Then in 2017, we sailed on Explorer of the Seas in Alaska with our kids. On that cruise, we knew we wanted to take our kids on a warm weather cruise. So we booked the cruise for 2018, knowing that we wanted to push it back to a later date. We had rebooked for... April 2020, we have now rebooked a couple of times. Each time we switch back and forth between the Freedom and the Oasis class. We're now booked on Liberty of the Seas in July 3rd, 2022. Since the Freedom class is just a larger version of the ships we've been on, I think it's a good idea to switch back to an Oasis class. We'll have our kids who are 14 and 11. P.S. Love your podcast. Nick, great question. You're not making a mistake by going on a Freedom class ship by any means. I, I don't think that's a problem. I understand you've been on Voyager class ships, and yes, they are just stretched out versions of, the, of those. Um... You know, it, it's not a bad experience. Uh, obviously, it sounds like you prefer, obviously, warm weather. So that that's not an issue here. To me, the issue is, are you looking for something, I don't say fundamentally different, but are you leaning towards, would it make you happier to go on a cruise that has a ship that is simply far and away different than what you've experienced? Or are you more interested in the itinerary than anything else? The Oasis class is fantastic. I don't think most people would ever say, oh, that's a mistake to go on that. And... Picking out the Oasis class is not a bad idea. That being said, I don't know that I would tell you that you're, the fact you're booking on Liberty of the Seas is also a bad choice. I think it's an excellent choice, in fact, and you'll probably love it on there. And there are some features on Liberty of the Seas that don't exist on the ships you've been on, like Explorer and Adventure of the Seas. Primarily, um, the Liberty of the Seas not only has water slides, but also has the Tidal Wave water slide, which is the only ship in the fleet to have that kind of a water slide. So, you know, there are some nice things in there that make it a little bit different. Uh, but, you know, there's the Oasis class and there's everything else, literally. And and I feel like, you know, that may play a factor in your decision making. So if you're sitting there, you know, part of, as I'm reading this question, Nick, it's, it's almost like I'm getting this sense. You're le you want to be told, Nick, book an Oasis class ship because it's an Oasis class ship. Uh, and if that's the case, Nick, book an Oasis class ship. 
But don't look at it as like, oh, Nick, you're making a mistake. That's a bad choice, but you're on. That's not the case at all. I would not say go that far. So if it's clear that like there's nothing wrong with jumping ship and going to Oasis class, just, uh, you know, what you've got is also a great choice. And I certainly would not hesitate to go on there. And of course, at the end of the day, Nick, you know what I always say, book them both <laughs> and compare and contrast. Let me know what you think. Thank you, Nick, for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. If you want to be, if you want to send me your emails, you can do so by sending it to Matt M A T T at Royal Caribbean Blog dot com. Matt at Royal Caribbean Blog dot com. Until next time, I'm Matt, and we'll talk again real soon. <laughs>